Octopus is a podcast created by three mates, Mitch, Kippy and Dillo. This eclectic trio will discuss all their favourite topics, beers, ball sports, beers, banter and so much more. They'd like to thank and give a huge shout out to podcast partners, Noodles, for exceptional graphic design and Visus, for streetwear from the Murray lands. So make sure you hit up both Noodles and Visus. Now it's time to sit back and prepare yourself for all the banter that is the Bearded Triplets. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome along to episode 10 of the Bearded Triplets podcast. As always, I'm joined by my two good friends. First one being Kempi. How are you, Squirt? Not too bad. Thanks, Mitchell. <laughs> and yourself? Yeah, not once too ag- bad. Once again, your homework's come up short. Come up short. Oh, that's right. I'm uh, living the high life. I won a flag two weeks ago, so I'm happy. Oh, and uh, Dillo, how are you, Muscles? Yeah, good. Thanks, Chip. I'm great. <laughs> oh, you can't, Chip. That's recycling my nicknames. <laughs> no, Can I excellent. ask a question? Yep. If you get called champion, is that the same as champ? Nah, completely different. Champ is yeah. champ is condescending. I, I call people champion all the time and I don't mean anything by it. It's champ, three letters. Yeah. I don't get it. Don't no, champ's get it. no good. All right, anyway, muscles and squirt, uh, let's move into the beard section. Because if your dad doesn't have a beard, you've got two mums, two beardless mums. Right, hey. Interesting segue there. Squirting muscles. Um, <laughs> so we're going to. Um, have you just got that one? Yeah. Um, okay. So I do have a joke here, but I also want to talk about um, a little bit of a beard product. So we're going to we'll start with a joke. I'll try and punch it out. A man walking down the street noticed his watch had stopped working. He looks around for a watch shop nearby. At the end of the street, he sees a small store with a big clock hanging outside, and he goes over there. When he enters the store, to his surprise, he does not see a display of clocks or watches, but only a long counter. Behind it sits a rabbi with a long white beard. That's the beard reference. Hello, the man says. Can you please check my watch? It has stopped working. I'm sorry, says the rabbi. I don't know anything about watches. I am a mohel. I perform circumcisions. (laughs) Ah, the man exclaims. But if if so, why did you... hang a large clock outside your store. Well, replies the Mohel, what do you expect me to hang out there? <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't yeah. bad. Not my best effort. <laughs> I, I like I, the, I didn't know the, the Mohel. We thought we got as a Moyle, isn't it? Oh, Moyle. Oh, yeah. sure. I didn't know how to, I, I was going to Google what that about, before we come on, but. What about circumcision? <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, right I. Um, Poor old Kev, he gets to stitch up every week with his joke. Yeah, it's, 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 that's going to be me frigging wine this week. Um, <laughs> so I'm also going to speak about um, a product. I'm not too sure whether you guys with your beards, do you comb your beards? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big that's fan good. of the bit of a beard comb. You've got to keep it nice and well green for all the ladies out there. And obviously just for yourself, it's good to give it a little bit of a scratch. But my lovely daughter, Rhea, bought me this comb from a place um, in Handoff called Coco underscore Marie. It's got combs, beard oils, balms, all lots of different stuff out there. So shout out to them. Um, and just want to say, if you're not on the beard comb team, join it. It's well worth it. Yeah, I love that. i got a beard comb, a wooden one. You know why you get a wooden one? So that when you put the beard oil, yep, very good. When you put the yeah. beard oil and the beard balm in there, it um, actually sticks into the comb a little bit, like it soaks in. So then when you go to coma every ah, time yeah. every time you get a bit of, ah. bit of oil through there ah, so um, it's like a cricket mat yeah, yeah. <laughs> also beard brushes are underrated as well to get them all sh- to get the you know the flow of the beard going the right way but yeah, nice and tidy nice and tidy i like it i like it uh let's move into ball sports gents plenty happening Here we go. We are up to prelim final week uh, with the top four getting through. What are our thoughts, gents, on the games on the weekend? And obviously, last time we caught up, um, it was the first week of finals. So what are your takeaways from the last couple of weeks of footy? It's pretty shit on the weekend, wasn't it, compared to the week before? Oh, we had four, four crackers. 
That's exactly and, uh, what I was going to say. It's a complete opposite. Saturday night was just horrendous. Um, Collingwood didn't rock up and, and the Cats were obviously on fire. But wow, that, that's uh, another great advertisement for football. Hopefully this week's a bit better. They were just spent, don't you think, Collingwood? Yeah. They, they just looked like you could tell in the first five or ten minutes that their, um, their night was done. They just didn't look like they were up for the fight and were just sort of run all over by the Cats. And I think I did predict that last week. Anyone that goes over to West Coast or that team that's got a hub over there and then try and come back and play footy won't, won't win the next week. So that's a big yeah. tick for me. It was a big ask. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said they weren't up for the fight. And guys like Braden Maynard, who's normally you know, a bit of a catalyst for them, he's normally bubbling, bubbling around the place trying to uh, start some stuff out there. And um, he was very quiet and um, disappointing finish for their year. It's always going to be hard to win. I mean, they beat West Coast – in um in Perth, but it's always going to be hard to win those those finals without blokes like Steel Sidebottom and um, Jeremy Howe in there. Like one off maybe, but to be consistent and go the whole way, you yeah, quality probably need your top top liners out there. Dane I didn't was good, wasn't he? Oh, he was. Yeah, amazing. Um, he didn't look like missing the, those banana goals. He just went back yeah. and he's like, yeah, I'm going to kick this and just bends them through. Like more reliable that's probably, than he is from straight in front. I think that's one of the best games of footy I reckon I've seen him play. Agreed. I would say, yep. yeah. Um, I didn't, obviously, and Mitch is probably the same, wouldn't have saw, I know yours was Saturday, my preso was Friday, and I didn't see the Richmond-St. Kilda game where St. Kilda in it at any stage. Oh, yeah. Like it. Saints, I actually thought Saints outplayed them for most of the night, and it just had yeah. a lot of similarities to Brisbane, Brisbane when <laughs> Brisbane's played them, and they haven't made, made the most of their opportunities, and Richmond's kicked straight. Richmond were just, they were incredible in front of goal, and just They're finished arrogant everything. Rich, Oh, yeah. It's funny you say that because sitting down watching that game on Friday night, I realised I did not like one single Richmond player that was out there on the night. And they could be my new most hated team. So um, I think it's the only bloke I like from Richmond is Jack Evans. Shane Edwards yeah. a lot. I don't mind. Shane Edwards is good. Yeah. But Just having a look at the score. Yeah, 9-1 to 3-6. So 10 scoring shots to 9. Yeah. Get their six goal behind. Well, yeah. So. The, well, Richmond, the reason they... Like it felt like they dominated this because they basically kicked, I think, the first five goals of the game. Um, yeah. So after that, St. Kilda was sort of on the, the back foot. I think they kicked one late in the first quarter and then yeah. they yeah. started switching on after uh, quarter time. But that yeah, was it was the Savage goal, wasn't it, from about 70 out? Oh, that was <laughs> Savage. It was. Savage <laughs> as fuck. But no, it, and he came in like he hadn't played since round six or something, I don't think. That was, so. that was a huge kick. Mm. He tried to do it again in the third quarter and it didn't go very far. Oh, sorry, no. the second quarter and it didn't go very far. But yeah, yeah we'll be into of, I was just going to say the additions that sort of went like uh, Simpson played pretty well for Geelong. Mm. Yeah. He was, he was everywhere. He was having a good year until he did his string earlier in the year as well. Yeah. He played really yeah. good against us earlier. You know, he had a really poor game on the weekend. It's Brad Hill. Did he? Yeah. He oh, was just. Wouldn't put his head over the football and backing out of packs and things like that. Just not not what you want to see from a bloke who's on big dollars to come across from Frio and um, one of their big name recruits. Really let them yes. down in that final. What are uh, your 11, thoughts? Seven touches, forty-one fantasy points. I reckon he got a couple of those cheapie in the last quarter too. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Tom Lynch, knee, and all of his other little cheeky things he does, as well as one thing I didn't like and. I actually heard on a podcast this morning that it didn't even get looked at by the MRO, and that was um, Trent Cotchins. Oh, yeah. Tried like to break Zach line. Jones's neck. Like That was yeah. terrible. That was horrible. I don't, I don't, was there even a free kick for that one? I'm not sure if there was. But... Uh, no, there was a free kick yeah, from but... the tackle prior. Yeah, yeah. But... So that, that, was, that was really poor. And the Lynch one, not suspended. Well, you would suspend him for that, but geez. Grubby. He's a, he's a grub. It's the second, third, fourth, or fifth one. I don't know how many it is this year. That You're just announcing. sticking up for your man, Mitch, here. Yeah? Oh, Mitch well, Robinson. He might, he might have been onto something because he's, he's got a bit of a oh, proven record. Yeah, freaking nothing in it. Like, he hardly touched him. His knee slipped when he tried to get up. Like, seriously. Like, the that's, cotton, no, to me, I'll give you that's that. Not, the Lynch one. Like. That's not footy, though. To me, footy yeah. is Darcy Byrne-Jones a couple of weeks ago trying to tackle Dangerfield. Dangerfield going straight through him. And then the other port bloke coming in and decking Dangerfield. That's the tough stuff that I like to see. I don't like to see. And later in the game, Tom, it, Tom Lynch, he cleared a pack, took a good um, good mark on it. Actually, I don't know if he marked it, but he took a cleared a pack. That's the tough stuff you want to send R4 to do, not on the ground. Yeah, not while the bloke's on the ground. 
Yeah, I'd, I'm not disagreeing with that, but, but they hardly touched him. Oh, it's not reported, oh, but it's just no, not a good but, look. But why do it? That's that's the thing. It's just not not real smart. Does it Uzi's, really matter? Who's his arrogance? Oh, anyway, let's move into this week's uh, bit of a preview. We'll start with uh, Richmond and Port Adelaide, um, seeing as neither of us have a or any of us have a stake in um, the game, and we've got Brisbane to come afterwards. But Richmond and Port, what are your what are your thoughts? It's at Adelaide Oval on a Friday night. Uh, Twenty seven and a half thousand allowed in. Um, they beat them. Yeah, earlier in the airport did. So what are your thoughts, gents? I think it'll happen again. I think Port will win, win reasonably comfortably. I, I don't think Richmond is as good as, as potentially they think they are or we think they are. Um, like I said, against St Kilda, St Kilda had the majority of the play and just did not make the most of their opportunities. Richmond's going to come across to Adelaide now. Port's had the extra week off um, and their young kids really stood up against Geelong a couple of weeks mm. ago. Um, I, I think Port's... Um, Probably the team to beat at this stage. Um, and just just on Rich, Richmond though, they didn't have. I don't believe they had Tom Lynch last time. When what yep. I saw Geelong do to Port earlier in the year with one key forward, I'm just a bit worried about their tall timber. Like they've got a good defence, but you got your Hartlett, your DeBurn Jones, um, Houston, all those guys that float across there. They're not tall. Like I mean, Trent McKenzie, he was standing. Tom Hawkins, I'd hate to see what Tom Lynch will do to him oh. if Jack Rewalt's on Cleary or something. You know I couldn't I mean? believe that. But Trent McKenzie, to his credit, like I was at that game, I thought Hawkins would have smoked him, but he did really well. He had well five when, scoring shots. Yeah, but he two of those were blatant pushing the blatant pushing the backs that they missed. And Tom yeah. Hawkins is a massive culprit for that. Watch him this week. He's he's a big pusher in the back row. Oh, he's pusher in the back row. I like that. Yeah, a pusher <laughs> in the back row. How good is he at these um, ruck craft as well in the Ford 50? Yeah, he's Just good at that. Monsters blokes. Strong. Yeah, yeah. But he does push it back. But yeah, back to the Port Richmond game. I, I think Port, I just think that the week off, if nothing else, in this year, when they've had to play so many games back to back, you saw how fatigued Collingwood were. Obviously, yes, they had the travel, but I think that's going to do Port Wonders and my second favourite team will comes down to the port. Comes down to the port mids for me. You, you spoke about those backs, Mitchie, about how they're obviously going to have to contend with those monsters in the Richmond forward line. But if the port mids get on top and allow um, Port's but, de- defence to get their structure up, then I think they won't have any problems at all. The difference between the way that Geelong and Richmond move the footy though is Geelong move it very slowly and. Yes. Mm. Richmond can shotgun from Bashahooli from Vloston through the middle of the ground and catch them kind of off guard. Well, that's how Geelong played when they beat them up on the Gold Coast. So I'm just like, obviously, South Australian. So I'd, and I fucking hate Richmond. I'm a Crow supporter, but I just can't bring myself to. Uh, Are you even going to watch it? So, Are you even going to watch, watch it Friday night? Yeah. I watch it. My mother in law is a listener and she's a Port Adelaide supporter. So I want to see him crush and crash and burn but um <laughs> and then I, I, I want to see no, for any points I'd, there, mate. I'd be checking the roast next time you go around there you <laughs> yeah. spit in the gravy uh, we had uh, we had um mexican mondays tonight so it was delicious so um yeah I usually go there on monday but yeah no nah, th- i'd want to see port get rolled this week so they don't even have the luxury of making a grand final and then i want to see brisbane or geelong absolutely destroy uh richmond so I don't know. I hate Dangerfield as well, so I don't really give a fuck who wins. <laughs> I don't hate Dangerfield. I respect him, but obviously being a Crow supporter. You know, yeah, so. I, I'm ticking. I'm tipping Poor and Brisbane, but quite, could quite easily see it being a Richmond Geelong yeah. um, grand final. I, I think that's a bad both, result. Think. Yeah, I'd love to see a Port Brisbane grand final. Like, I just um, want it to be different teams. Like, I don't want it to be teams that played already in a. Um, the qualifying, like if it's a Bri- Brisbane, Richmond, uh, Richmond, or or Geelong. or Geelong, it'll just be I don't know. That's happened before, but I just it'd be good if it's something we haven't seen yet. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't care what it is, as long as it's not Richmond Geelong. Even if the lines don't get through, yeah, mm. just don't want to be Richmond Geelong. Uh, it's like it's it's an eight, um an old saying, but a good saying, and straight kicking wins of finals, and it happened. More often than not, and I think it'll be the same again this week. So the side sides just continually not to kick straight in front of goal will continue to lose finals. So, yep, the line seem to have turned that around a little bit in the past yeah. know, month month or so. Charlie Cameron we been to. too. Yeah, well, he he was carrying a little bit of an injury, but I think it's in between the years a little bit with him as well. But he was brilliant last week. So, 
yeah, they're going to have to contend. Well, Geelong, like someone mentioned before, their uncontested game. They're going to have to contend with that and really push up and, and press and, and get in their faces to try and turn that footy over. So um, I, I think Brisbane, the way they play, is like they beat them earlier in the year, didn't they? No, no. So they were all over them until about five minutes ago in the second quarter and then Geelong just went on the tear. And It was in Sydney, though, too, wasn't it? I reckon I heard today. Yeah, yeah, SEG, yeah. So I, I just think like Geelong, they like the both defenses. I think will have a have a like will go all right. Like so, you got you got McCarthy and Charlie Cameron and all those guys in the forward lines for Brisbane. But I think Geelong can match up on them all right with Colin Jasney and, and Blitzarves taking Hipwood and all that sort of thing. Where and then you, yeah, conversely, you have to look at um, uh, Harris Andrews and Darcy Gardner. Is it? Is that his name? Yeah, Darcy Gardner. Yeah, yeah, they've been pretty good this year. So I think they'll be able to contend, like chop each other out with with Hawke. Would Would Gardner go to him and then Andrews chop off, or Andrews go to him straight up? Well, Andrews went to him last time, and probably one of the few times he's actually been beaten this year. I think Hawke Hawkins might kick four, yeah, or two, or yeah. something like that. Um, he just outbodied him. I think Andrews would come at him with a different attack this time yeah. and play off him a little bit the way he normally likes to, to do it. It could be a battle of the half forwards, to be honest. You've got Lincoln McCarthy, Charlie, Charlie Cameron, um, Cam, Cam Rayner. And then on the other side, you've got Gary Ablett, Gary Rowan, um, and Dowhouse. So it'll be interesting to see, like, both midfields are pretty, both midfields are pretty stacked uh, and both defensive, um, like, stalwarts, I guess, are pretty good. So it'll be inter- it's a good game. I reckon it'll be close. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really evenly matched. Will Matty Eagles get a guarantee, Nick? Your no, man. no, he needs, he, to get, he needs to get in there for that one hit out again or whatever he had. Yeah, no, poor old Matty Eagles. He was pretty excited though the other week, wasn't he, when the, they knocked off the Tigers? Yeah, crowd and celebrating like a madman. Yeah, good on him. All right, um, let's maybe talk a little bit of um, trade free agency and delistings. Although we'll just perhaps just mention the deals that have sort of not been done but but have been said. So Danaher to the Lions. Williams and Saad to the Blues. Aiden Cord in North Melbourne. Um, Hately, Hately to the Crows. Love um, that. Rory Atkins to the Suns. Proust to GWS and Fantasia nominated an SA club. Um, we won't get a game at Port, so it'll have no. to be the Crows. Let's yep. talk Danaher and Lions. Nick, is it good for the... Obviously, he's a quality player. Is yeah. it going to upset the apple cart? I, I think we spoke about it previously. I, I really wanted to get Ben Brown up to Brisbane. So a little bit disappointed there. Um, I don't think we should be paying someone who's got a pretty dodgy body big money. But from what I understand, it's an incentive, based, heavily incentive-based con- contract. So it might be upwards of seven fifty, eight hundred thousand. But he has to reach certain milestones, I'm presuming, goals to, to achieve that. Yeah. If we're getting him cheap and we get him through free agency, I'm happy to bring him up. Um, I think he would probably complement our forward line reasonably reasonably well. Um, if we're paying overs, I'm, I'm not so sure. Um, I've heard a couple good points. Like you mentioned Ben Brown, but Brent Brown, Brown is purely a full forward. Yes. Now, if you've got um, Danaher there, he can play full forward, centre-half forward, which means Hipwood can play full forward, centre-half forward. So you've got a bit more flexibility. Yeah. And if you're worried about Dan McStay, well, apparently he can play a little bit down back as well. Um, yeah, so they'll probably use him as a bit of a swing man, particularly with Steph Martin going, probably going to retire. Yeah, um, Oscar McInerney would take the ruck and rather than playing that swingman role. If yeah, I were so Brisbane, I would have gone hard after Brody Majek. Me too. I love that dude. He's he would be a freak. Yeah, it's perfect call. for what you guys like. You've obviously got Rayner, Cameron, McCarthy as your smalls. Just be something different to have Majek um, there. He always kicks goals, and mm-hmm. you don't have to pay him only, but you pay him probably four hundred. Or fifty. Oh, a little bit more because I think that's probably what Collingwood's offering Colling- him. I yeah, think. You need yeah, yeah. So, so say five fifty. Yeah, that's a lot better than seven fifty, and then all of a sudden you've got a bit of extra cash up your sleeve to pay Charlie Cameron and all those blokes when they need. Yep, them. I completely agree. I would have much preferred to have gone after someone like him. Yeah, but we'll see what happens. Um, now let's talk about the destination club, the Navy Blues, um, nominated okay. by um, Zach Williams and Saad, um, possible Degoey. Although reports are today that Carlton don't want him because their forward line is stacked in um, brackets on that article. So I'm pretty happy with that. Those two gets. You play Williams, yeah. Williams on the midfield, Saad down back. Um, you can play a bike and then a back half, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty I happy. Reckon, 
I spoke to you about this earlier in the week, Kempi, but how is Saad going to get there? We were listening to SEN together the other week on a, on a road trip. Um, an old mate rang up and said, you should trade Harry Mackay for Saad or something. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> old mate goes, yeah, straight swap Harry Mackay for... Um, Was Saad. he a bomber supporter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Harry Mackay and pick seven or something. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, Harry Mackay and pick seven for Saad. And I was like, give me a spell, mate. How about, how about pick seven for Adam Saad and um, Merritt, Zach Merritt? Yeah. Or just that's how a, about how about you go and get fucked, mate? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty bit, much. That's basically what Jared said, but a lot nicer. <laughs> what I what I'd do, I'd like obviously with Charlie Kerno coming back. Um, I'd throw up Mitch McGovern and say a pick in the twenties for Saad and get back a pick in the thirties. Yep, I'd be looking up like McGovern as well. It's a good move. Yeah, and, I, he, and he'd be good for Essendon. Like Essendon I'd, needs someone like him. Yeah, no, I'll keep him. He's good insurance. Play him down back. What I'd like to see oh, is maybe expensive off, insurance. I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, well, they've got him for a reason because they he can play down back if, like, as an intercept marker. I think what they should do is. Give them pick seven, but go side and someone else, like another mid, because they need another mid. I'm not, you're not, not sure. Getting, you're not getting Zach Merritt and Saad. Well, I'm not an idiot. So what I'd actually be asking for is Saad and another one of their mid-tier mids. Like, obviously not a Heppel or a Merritt, but someone Parrish. else. Yeah, maybe Darcy Parrish. Yeah, someone like that. He's probably maybe a little bit, they won't want to get rid of him at his probably age. Well, you could do another that. pick in there, like a late pick or whatever to sweeten the deal. Yeah, I, but in, yeah. Basically, I'd be happy to keep McGovern. I think he's I, he'll come good eventually, hopefully. But yeah, there's obviously a hell of a lot of um, free agents and stuff like that still to make the decision. So it's going to be a bit of an interesting period, I think. We'll probably talk about that a bit more in later apps. Moving into the Ultimate Footballer segment now. Last episode, we selected the courage of our Ultimate Footballer. Uh, I selected Glenn Archer, Kempi, Cade Simpson, and then Dillo. Jonathan Brown, we had some interesting feedback. Um, there was a few people that loved Cade Simpson, and then I got a few messages saying Kempi was on drugs when he chose, chose Cade Simpson. But well, alcohol is really, drugs, so really, <laughs> really mixed feedback, which is which is interesting. So we had um, Brad Brad Hiptop on Instagram wanted Brown, um, and so he agreed with you. And old Sugar Seamus Higgins, he wanted uh, Cade Simpson as well. So that was on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had a few messages when I shared it on, on the Bearded Triplets uh, social media that Kempi was tripping. But um, yeah. I think Kempi well, was pretty well on the. You can't knock uh, Kate Simpson's courage, like you say, for pound for pound. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, Same. and it's like it's not everyone goes for the the obvious choices when you talk about that. And a lot of the feedback on social media, they were, they weren't necessarily talking about courage. They were talking about hardness. Now, there's two there's two different things. I guess that's yeah, um. What, that's what I went with with the shin boner of the century. Yeah, yep, agreed. Yeah, but, you know, to each their own. So this week, we're going to be choosing uh, the off-field of our ultimate footballer, so what they get up to after hours, which will sure to be, be interesting. Now, can I just remind you two gentlemen, this is our last ultimate footballer segment um, of, the, of the season, so let's maybe not try to choose a Carlton or Brisbane player. Mate, just because yeah. there's no crows to pick. Oh, oh, worthy. Shit, mate. <laughs> We're not doing the ultimate blue or the ultimate line. If they're What's any good, doing? you would have picked them, mate. Oh, here we go. Anyway, well, we moving the, on. We, we did the exercise and Brisbane has been picked the most by one person. Yeah. Funny that. Followed by Carlton. <laughs> followed by not many crows. <laughs> All right. Who's kicking this off? Off field and what? Uh, yeah, I can go first, I suppose. Um I'm not sure if we're allowed to put ourselves in to the ultimate footballer. Oh, well, I was going to pick you, so. Yeah, because I used to didn't mind the odd footy trip, so didn't miss one from the ages of 18 to about 28, I reckon. I reckon I could beat that. And even I snuck on one when I was uh, 17. And, geez, I had some good times, um, but that'll be a little self-indulgent, me picking myself. Um, So I'm going for a man that I think has come up uh, previously, I'm pretty confident he has another another category, and that's Stevie J. Um, yeah, I picked him for X Factor. That's a good point. yeah. So in on a footy trip, you know, one of the favourite pastimes is obviously the front bar on a Saturday, sitting down, drinking froffies and having a punt. And uh, our man Stevie J would do that. Um, I don't think it was a football trip story, but a, a drinking story nonetheless. 
um, when he first was down at Geelong. In his early days, he went to go into a local pub down there, wouldn't, didn't get let in. Um, so he thought he'd go around the back, scale this massively high fence. A um, couple of his mates jumped in and then he followed him, um, broke his ankle. Um, so he couldn't move. The security basically come over, picked him up and said, sorry, mate, you're not allowed in. Um, I it might have been both ankles. Yeah, it could have been. Um, yeah. And missed, missed the first few weeks of the, of the footy season <laughs> just to try to get in to have that one last froth. So uh, my man, Stevie J, I'd love that. I'd love to have a beer and a bet with him. Yeah, I reckon he'd be, be either the best bloke to go on the piss with or the worst bloke, depending on the night that you're out with him. Yeah, it could be annoying. Uh, yeah. He could actually start a bit too, I'd reckon. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I, I, there was a couple of guys I was keen on, but I thought, I'm not going to go too hard. But, you know, guys like Ben Cousins, obviously, his off-field exploits <laughs> are pretty well known. You want to um, come back. You want to come back. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Brendan Favola, you know. Father um, Fev. Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal. Yeah. But I, I decided to go for um, Dane Swan. We all love Swanee. We all know what he's like off the field. Um, and since he's finished up his footy career, he's probably taken that to another level. But a few different little stories there from Swanee. Um, you guys probably remember he got pissed one night and hooked up with an SA girl. He took the pics of him while he was naked and uploaded that all went through the court. And that was a nice one from Swanee. Uh, the Kemi told me about this one earlier about the vodka and the Gatorade bottle during recovery sessions just to uh, top himself up the next day. Um, and he's uh, probably the only man who's launched a GoFundMe page to fund a trip to Vegas for, for him and Dusty. So this yes. is a man, man who <laughs> just loves getting on the fist so much. He thought, well, why should I pay for it? Let's get somebody else to pay for it. So, um, and his yeah, trips to, to Vegas are, are pretty legendary in America as well. I think he went over to the Super Bowl last year and Pretty well just yeah, dominated the place. So yeah, Dane Swan's my man. Yeah. Oh, good. I thought that thought that would be it uh, selected. Surprisingly hasn't played for Brisbane. Um <laughs> I'm gonna select Daisy Thomas. Um he's I guess I don't know, at the start of his career, he'd probably seen a bit, bit as a bit of a pretty boy sort of setup. But um once he entered the rap pack at Collingwood with your Didacts and your Heath Shaws and your Dane Swan, um yeah, he he definitely loves a beer. My favourite uh, story we actually came in his last year at Carlton when he um, was trying to earn a new contract. He's actually playing some bloody good footy. Um, and he, he uh, when I think it was a charity event or something he went out to and he had he got busted drinking the night before a game or something or a couple of days before a game. Um, he said to the media that he only had three glasses of wine, but then he later elaborated on Triple M that he had three glasses of wine, but he filled them up six times each. So he, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Um, and then obviously, yeah, on the, on the weekend, he did his top, uh, he, sorry, he, on Triple M, he chose a player from every club that he'd, that he'd want to take on footy trip. And that was pretty hilarious. So uh, Dale Thomas for mine. You could like sneak a little bit of crows in there though, Mitchie, because you went a bit Gary Ayres there for a while. You got your Didacs, your Heath Shores, your Swans. Or is he too... See, before your time, Gary Ayres. better take Gary Ayres. I'm not going to take the coach. No, but you went Gross. Gary Ayres. You were talking like him. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah I don't know Gary yeah. Can I say that again? Well, I'm not taking Brad Crouch. I'll tell you that for free. Oh, I feel Get amongst him. Anyway, let's move into basketball now. The LA Lakers, as we, uh, as we speak, basically, have been crowned the NBA champions. Um could I just give a big shout out to Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, the way that he um, carried the heat to six games, carried him to the finals, really. Pretty bloody impressive. Um, what are your thoughts, gents? I'm not here for the LeBron and the GOAT um, discussion. Nope. MJ's the GOAT, in my opinion. Um, LeBron, obviously, you respect him majorly winning three finals MVPs at three different teams, but I just don't like how it's sort of like I wanted the heat to win because, like, yes, they got Jimmy Butler in the offseason, but you've got Kelly O'Linick, who they traded for a couple a couple of years ago. Goran Dragic has been there for ages. Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo. They're all drafted. Obviously, the cream on top with Jimmy Butler. But I just don't like the precedence it sets for big markets in the NBA where you can just pay all this cash and get the two, two of the top five NBA players just to come there. And then you win a title. I, I don't know. what. Well, I don't really like the precedence that sort of sense move, sends moving forward. I guess Golden State did it first with bringing Kevin Durant in. But, yeah, I don't know. A, good to see a small market win it. It was a bit of a hated. retirement home, wasn't it? Almost a retirement fund where they've just got these guys like um, 
uh, Rondo and, and guys like that getting getting another good ring. Good players, good players, great players. But yeah, J.R. Smith, yeah, um, Dwight Howard. <laughs> the, yeah. These guys are all just getting another ring. It's just you know, it didn't excite me at all, to be honest. A little bit disappointing. Um, and obviously Miami were were uh, clearly outclassed in, in the finals as well. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one to see uh, what happens with the Lakers from here. Do a lot of those older guys fall off the cliff now, or yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll have to cover some when we're covering AFL trade news um, in November and late October. We'll have to cover some free agency with the NBA and some draft as well. So it'll be very interesting to see if the Spannerhead Suns pick up anyone that's any good. <laughs> uh, what about cricket, gents? Sheffield Shields obviously kicked off. Uh, yeah, a couple of interesting, well, a bit of a bit of a bat fest really for a couple of teams. So you've got. Um, Queensland and Tasmania playing. So Nick's uh, mighty uh, Tassie Tigers um, with our man Slim Shady. Did anyone see that? Yeah, old uh, Peter Siddle. That was a shout-out from one of our listeners, Callum Wynn, to the page during the week as well. Surely we're going to talk about Slim Shady Siddle. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan. So they posted a reasonable score in the first innings, 250. Um, My man, Michael Nessa, Pfeiffer, and then rolls out. And hits 120 in Queensland's first dig. Now, um, Australia, look, Australia looking for an all-rounder. Look no further. Michael Ness is your man. He's done it against Are Tasmania, you with me? mate. Are they no. versing? <laughs> Playing against the, you know, like a second side at the moment, I think. That's how bad Tasmania the, is. They're versing the Tassie Tigers or the Tassie Jack Jumpers? Yeah, I'm the Jack Jumpers, boys. Oh, get oh. Out. Give me a spell. Should have been the Tridents or the Timbers, but... Yeah, no, uh, that from the NBL. Do we want to give that a bit of time now? Because, like, I think Nick's a fan of the old Yeah, Jack I'm, I'm jumping on board. Fuck the 36ers. I'm on the Jack Jumpers. Uh, are they in this year? I think so. Uh, are yeah. they? I reckon they are, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, who they got? No one. They've got to get no players and coaches. <laughs> we might maybe, um, now that NBA's finished, we might talk a bit of NBL maybe next week. But I did notice that the, the coaches arrived. Josh Giddy's arrived for the 36ers. Um, Isaac Humphreys out of quarantine So they're sort of tuning up nicely So we might talk a bit of NBL later on For our yep. listeners But back into the cricket Yeah, Lubbershane Old loose bus change 167 So just tuning up nicely for the Test Series you, you just As an Australian supporter You just like to see our Test bats make runs um, And they're in a commanding position at the moment um, You can't really see them losing from there They made 529 And Tasmania got seven wickets remaining for 193. And the other game, our uh, beloved Redbacks were looking the goods, to be honest. But it's, it's a bit of, yeah, it, it's a bit of a road down there at Karen Rolton. So they, WA first, five for 481. And the um, the orange-haired wizard, Lloyd Pope, um, he took five for, but five for 164 off 27. So a bit of a tap there for those playing at home. That's 6.07 um, runs per over. And the SA were looking pretty good. Um, Early, um, where is it? They were two for 180 and even three for 230, but then all out for 314. So it's the same old fucking story yep. for the Redbacks. Like, Jakey Weatherold, 105. Um, Travis said only 31, but apparently looked pretty good. I did watch a little bit of it of it today, but Ashton Ager basically did a Nessa. He took five mm. for, um, and then bobbed up and made a, a hundred in the first inning. So... Two hundreds, two fifers. You don't see that very often. I think it's the first time in Shield cricket's happened over in one round. Yeah, right. So, a but, couple of massive performances there, but same yeah. old shit from our two teams. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And uh, Sean Marsh, another hundred. Smash. So surely they won't give him a gig. But I don't know. I'm over the IPL, so I've got no IPL news for you because it's just it's just nothing at the minute for me. Yeah. Who cares? All right, let's move into Nico's Brownlow predictor with the Brownlow medal not too far away. Um, Nico's done a bit of a predictor and he's going to run us through it. Yeah, so I normally do a bit of a predictor every year just to, um, for my own amusement more than anything else. But it's normally around the mark. I, I did pick uh, get Pritis as the winner a few, a few years back, so that was um, a good one to win me a little bit of money. So um, obviously Lockie Neal is the... the um, Outright favourite for the for the Brownlow by a long way. So I've got him finishing on 27 votes, boys, uh, ahead of uh, Ty for runner-up with uh, Travis Boak and Jack Steele, both on 22. So five votes clear. 
Uh, Neil did really poll a lot late either, so the, those boys, Boak and Steel, will catch up Probably late. closer than what people would think, I would have thought. Five yeah. yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, this is obviously, there's a little bit of a formula that goes into it, but um, yeah, it's, it's all really guesswork. But is then, this, uh, is this your ahead. algorithm or do you use a template? Uh, it's, it's my own. So I sort of get a few votes from different places and, and, uh, and then, yes, yeah, so there's a little bit of a formula from there that I, that I use. So, Interesting. yeah. So then the, running at the top five, Jack McRae on 19 and then uh, in equal fifth, Zach Merritt, which is a surprise on 17 with Christian Petrarca. But the, probably the big one that didn't really poll well, boys, was in mine was Dustin Martin, only on 12. I know a lot of places have got him quite high. Um, yeah, so Danger. Danger on 13. He's yeah, those Geelong boys like Manigola and Guthrie are gonna take a few votes off him this year. Danger's finished yep. off the year really well, but um early on twenty seven votes in seventeen games is pretty fucking impressive. Yeah, I'll just count how many best on grounds it is. Let's see he's got yeah, seven best on grounds and and three second best on grounds. So pretty remarkable effort, but a little bit more attention in the second half of the year, Lockie Neal. Most of the markets will have him out, won't they? Like now he's pretty much a yeah. You just just so. out of curiosity, up. Nick, uh, who's the Lions' second um, second highest in your predictor? Uh, Jared Lyons on ten votes. Who's the pies for our two teams? Uh, uh, let's see. Crow poll any votes? Uh, Carlton yep. got Sam Sam Walsh on nine. Is the uh, leading vote getter there? And for the Crows, sorry, Mitchum just having the scroll. Down a little bit here, mate. <laughs> um, well, just a little bit of a backhander no, there. No, no, it's not too bad. Rory Laird on seven. Yeah, yeah. Don't mind that from the desk. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's put your um, Brownlow predictor to the test in uh, Multimania. Sounds Love good, that. boys. Let's make some cash. Okay. So <laughs> there are 12 head-to-head markets. I'll let you know who's versus who. Um, and their odds. Nick, you're going to give us your winner by your predictor. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are, myself and Mitch are allowed to change at least one of those. So we'll do two $5 multis. So we'll do groups one to six, like the head-to-heads one to six, yep. and then seven to 12. All right? Beautiful. That's far away. Christian, uh, number one, Petrarca versus Jack Steele. Petrarca, dollar sixty. Jack Steele, two twenty-five. Oh, good money for Jack Steele. I've got Jack Steele on twenty-two and Petrarca on seventeen. So Steele's the man there. Steele, right? Eh? Yeah, um, I reckon Steele is going to get the most votes out of any saint, and um, I think Petrarca, like Clayton Oliver, and that are going to steal a few. Yeah. Uh, match two. Lockie Whitfield at a dollar sixty. Zach Jones at two twenty-five. Uh, yep. So I've got Lockie Whitfield on eleven and Zach Jones on seven. So Whitfield's the man. Beautiful. I'm happy with that. Yep. Uh, we've got number th- group three or head to head three. Andrew Brayshaw from Frio, $1.75. Jack Billings, St. Kilda, $2. Yep. So I've got Andy Brayshaw on 10 and Jack Billings, I haven't seen him yet. So he's on five. So Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. Brayshaw. yeah. I think, yeah, he'll go close to getting the most votes for Frio. I've got Nat Five on 12, but Brayshaw will be around the mark. Yep, I don't mind that one. Um, what are we up to? Group four. Uh, Paddy Dangerfield at a dollar eighty, and Nat Fife Freeman at dollar ninety-five. Interesting. So let's see here. So Paddy Dangerfield, I've got on thirteen, and Nat Fife on twelve. So happy to be led by you guys. There, it's a bit of a, bit of a toss of the coin. Um, I reckon mm. Fife. He polls votes, man. He does. Yeah, even when he's—I don't know—it's a toss of the coin here for me. I just think Dangerfield polls votes too, but is he going to get too many stolen? Yeah, possibly. So you want to use? I actually go Geelong. They won more games. That's my thing. Okay. So Paddy Dangerfield. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Five. Trav Boke at a dollar twenty-five. Dustin Martin at three seventy-five. Well, I think we know what's going on Boke. there. Yep. So get on Boke there. Boke twenty-two. Dusty twelve. Dusty'll finish and, off well, but he won't—he won't poll many early on. And group six or the snub match six, Toby Green at a dollar sixty-five. Mm-hmm. Michael Walters, Fremantle, two twenty. Oh, 
you could split these two. They're both on eight votes. So um, happy to be led by you boys there. Walter's played more games, but I think in every game almost that Green played, he had an impact. Yeah. yeah. Well, will he get? Yeah, will he get votes though? Because the umpires yeah, that's seem true. to not like him. Go Walters of all you. Yeah. Walters yeah, I'm happy to go. Year, He's played most games though. Mm. Yeah, I've got Walters for two best on grounds. One in round six and another one in round sixteen. What about Toby Green? How many best on grounds you got him down as? Uh, just the one in round eight. You got two seconds in rounds four and one. Well, I think for that, you'd have to go Walters, wouldn't you? Yep. We're happy with that? Yep. Okay, so that, so the first multi for $5 is Steel, Whitfield, Brayshaw, Dangerfield, Boak, Walters. Yep, beautiful. Uh, seven, Luke Parker, Sydney at $1.45, Scott Pendlebury at two sixty-five. Oh, once again. Equals, so both got them both on 11 votes. Pendles obviously missed games during the year. Um, Luke Parker had a really underrated year, I thought. He, he was outstanding for Sydney this year, so. Juicy odds, though. Yeah, go the juicy odds. Pendles? Pendles, my boy. He, he just gets votes for fun, though, doesn't he? Like, they just give yeah. them to him because they can. Okay, I'm happy with that. Who's going to steal votes from Luke Parker, though? Isaac Heaney. Heaney, Jake Kennedy. Lloyd, yeah. Parker's the main man. Yeah, but he hasn't traditionally polled that well, really. He polls, but he doesn't... You know, you got blokes like Robottom and that that will maybe... I like, had a few good games. They're Pretty young sure. kids, but... I didn't win, win many games at Sydney. So. Yeah. Um, number two, Tim Kelly at $1.36. Mitch Duncan at $3. Uh, same again. Both on eight votes. So, <laughs> geez, they're, um, they've done these well, haven't they? You bet. Yeah, but that's a but they've got Tim Kelly at a dollar thirty six, Mitch Duncan at three bucks. Juicy yep. odds. Yep. So I've got uh, two best on grounds for Tim Kelly and Mitch Duncan, just the one. But he's he's obviously had a really good year, Mitch Duncan as well. Um, Tim Kelly had a really slow start to the year. You remember when they were in the hub? Yeah, and like Nick Nat will probably poll votes. Gaff. Yep. Um, Shuey. Yep. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, apart from Dangerfield, Mitch Duncan, I reckon, will pull a few. Menegola as well, and Guthrie. I'm taking Duncan. That'll be my one. Who's the odds? David Mundy, Fremantle, $1.55. Steel, side bottom, two thirty-five. Uh Get on, Mundy, mate. I've got Mundy on nine votes. Steel, side bottom, on six. He had a couple of best on grounds early. He did miss that period as well. Where he didn't play. Monday yeah, had a really good year for a, for a veteran. The guy's, what's he now, 35? I think he's one of the oldest players after the... Yeah, Monday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Uh, match 10. Uh, Sam Managola at $1.65. Max Gorn, two fifteen. Well, that's a good one. So I've got Maxi Gorn on 15 votes, following yeah. really well early, uh, and Managola on 12. Uh, Managola had a, had a really good season as well. He had a couple I think, of EOGs I think, late. I think Gorn, just because we've we've already selected Dangerfield to win and Duncan to win, so we obviously think they're going to poll pretty well. Yeah. I think Menegol will be one of those players that next year he'll poll votes because he's had a good year this year. Yep. That makes sense. So, yeah, Maxi Gorn. Uh, 11, Andy McGrath from Essendon, $1.77. Matt Rao at two oh five. Oh, geez. Now I have to deliver the searching here, boys. So, so who have we got? So we've got Andy McGrath from... I've got him on six. Yes, and I've got Matty Rowell on nine. So three best yes. on grounds early for Matty Rowell. I think I think it's pretty well a lock for those three BOGs for Rowell. Rounds two to four. I can't see yeah. anyone else getting votes there. But yeah. McGrath had a good year and he's probably the only Essendon bloke that did. Uh, Ridley, like I said, I've got Merritt right up there on about 17 votes. Um, Ridley uh, had a really Rowell. good year. Yeah. Yeah. And twelve have got Clayton Oliver at a dollar eighty-seven and Paddy Cripps at a dollar eighty-seven. Yep. Uh, surprisingly, Clayton Oliver. I've got Oliver on ten. He had a really good patch in the middle of the season where he should poll maybe in five games in a row. Um, and Paddy Cripps only on the six votes. Um, I reckon Cripps will poll votes. I reckon Cripps will poll votes just on his like you know what I mean, like previous years. Cripps. Yeah, yeah, he's a lot, a lot quieter this year than previous years, though. Carlton really shared the load a fair bit this year, which is good to see. Your call, Mitch. So what was it? Cripps and Clayton Oliver. Yeah, both the same six. dollars. Hell, go, Oliver 10. Go, Clay, 
Clay, uh, Gorn's going to poll for you. I, I, reckon, I reckon Cripps because who else besides Jack Martin's going to poll Brownlow votes besides Sam Walsh? Uh, Kerno, yeah, maybe. Oh, you're probably right. a few. Yep. I'll go. I reckon Crips. Yep. I reckon they're all roughies that we chose, then, aren't they? Pretty, Pretty well. Well, they're the, they're the same dollars, those two. But yeah. So on that one, we've gone Pendles, Duncan, Monday, Gorn, Power, Crips. I'll send you the odds three. Love it. We'll put a graphic up during the week, uh, hopefully, to see see where we ended up with that one. But now it is time to move into my favourite segment, Wine Time. Wine, wine, fucking wine. <laughs> Shits me when you go once again to the fruit and veg section. And um, okay. you're looking around, you want some apples, you want some bananas. You will not believe this. Skin on and everything. Um, in a plastic bag, but then you sort of venture towards the, oh, what would you call them? More exotic sort of vegetables with your zucchinis and your, your beans. You end up at the mushrooms, the cup mushrooms. And they come in a fucking paper bag and the other ones come in a plastic bag. And I, it shits me, either use all paper bags because then the price of a paper, because basically my thing is paper bags are heavier than plastic bags. So when you put them in the self-search, check out. How do you know that? Have you weighed them? Time does noise strikes again. That's one, but... I don't mind paying for paper bag for the environment if you just fucking do them all paper bags. Get rid of the plastic bags. That's my first one. Do you know why they use paper bags for mushrooms? Yes, because they sweat. Yeah, well, what's the issue then? You, well, if you're going to use paper bags for mushrooms and slug me more because they're $11 a kilo, use, them, you, all, use them for all fruit. And why don't you do like what I do and just, just put them in with no bags? Then you're not doing anything to the environment. Yeah. Or, and or, you charge for nothing. A bit of an out there theory. Don't eat mushrooms because they're shit. No, they're, they're actually... <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> are not shit. They're terrible. They're, actually, they're, they're a fungus. Well, they're te- technically, they are because they're a fungus, but and they grow in shit, but mm. they are delicious. Very good with a smashed avocado sort of set up um, <sighs> with some eggs and some... You're some losing man. me, Mitchie. You're losing me. And my other one, fucking the price of capsicums. $9.90 <laughs> for red capsicum. Give me a fucking smell. What are they? Are they golden stalks? Fuck me. And the other thing that shits me is that why do I have to pay $7.90 for a green capsicum per kilo and $9.90 for a red capsicum per kilo? Because they're harder capsic- to grow. No, that's not the case. They're exactly the same. They're just a different colour because you buy them in the three packs with the tricolours and they're the same price. But it fucking shits me. Anyway, sort your shit out for an adventure department. That's three in a row. <laughs> wow. Oh. I feel dumber for having heard that. Yeah. Oh, really? Ha <laughs> ha. My wine should be people that whine about fruit and veg. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had some good feedback. I've had some good feedback. Some people jumped on board. Really? Yep. Okay. Especially with the broccoli. Oh, oh I haven't had good feedback on that. But anyway. Nah. Sweet, Sharon. Fire up, Kempi. Uh, well, my wine, and it, it, is, it happens a fair bit um, in this podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> well, you fucking up your words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, first of all, everyone fucks up words. So, give me a fucking spell. Second of all, if you can understand what I'm actually trying to say, there's no need to correct me. If I say something that sounds a little bit similar and you know what I'm talking about... Just calm your farm. Listen, take it in, and fucking move on. Like, real, seriously. Bill Brownless sort of setup. You, you don't like the, um, the corrections on Facebook posts or messages either, do you? You just you no, roll I with whatever you're Yeah, like, if you put something on there, if you know what it is, if they, I don't know, I can't really think of an example, but if you're, like, cool and it's meant to be full or something like that, you fucking know what it is. Give me a spell with your asterisk and your bloody your new word. Asterisk? I yeah, I don't care. I'm Just a bit of a once again. You knew what? It, did you know what I was speaking about? I'm I'm a bit of a grammar Nazi, so then I'm, stop I'm all over stuff it. on Facebook. <laughs> oh, give give me a spell, like you know, not everyone's a freaking Rhodes Scholar, so yeah, that's my one. Don't mind it. <laughs> yeah, fire up. It's good. Uh, mine is Nitwits saying that Brisbane had an easy run this year, and and also that there's an asterisk uh, next to uh, this year's premiership. Brisbane only had nine games at the Gabba out of 17. 
they pretty well had the same sort of draw as um, a Melbourne club would, particularly Richmond and Collingwood over the years, not having to leave home for that sort of thing. Um, and like I said, those people put in an asterisk next to the season after everything that all the clubs have been through this year. To say that this premiership doesn't count, tell that to the players that have been out there and all the shit that they've had to go through. It's been a, been a massive year for um, the AFL and I think they've done really well to get through it. So those people can get fucked. Now, how many of those? How many of those games that weren't the Gabba were Metricon? Well, that's like playing in the MCG or Telstra Dome, isn't it? Or what they call it now? Edit Marvel, Marvel Stadium. I think they probably played. I think they played. Notice there, five, how I did five at Metricon, and I knew what you were talking about. You did. That's how you should roll. I agree with half year. <laughs> I agree with half year with the AFL season and how people call it an asterisk. So I, I'm not having that. But yeah, mate, you've had the red carpets rolled out for you, pricks. Yeah, but Melbourne clubs get that every year. <laughs> every year. Richmond, seven games in a row. Mate, Richmond had, won 14, Richmond had won 14 in a row at the Gabba. They don't care where they play. What yeah. they're doing now. Getting it on a silver platter of the Lions. Go from being shit one year to straight sets the next. And now they play all the games in Queensland. And do you know why this year definitely counts? Because it's the Crows' first wooden spoon. There's no way they're taking it away from you. Oh, here we go. Defense mechanism <laughs> deflection. Anyway, I reckon we're not gonna. I'm just trying to stay here, but yeah. Um, time to move into Nick's list. I reckon let's make it a goodie. Five, four, three, two, one. Righto, boys. Given that uh, they announced the. Acts for the uh, grand final, the music acts for the grand final today. I didn't even know who any of them were. I knew the guy from Wolf Mother. That's about it. Um, I don't know. That, that might be good music, but I just don't know them. I thought, how good would it be to come up with our ultimate grand final um, sort of setup for um, Aussie bands, I guess. So I've got a few prerequisites before I um, go into it. So they have obviously have to be Australian. Um, they have to have a sort of an anthem, you know, like a song that everyone knows, everyone can sing along. A ballad? Uh, not necessarily a, like a, a, a ballad, but, you know, I like know what you mean. Like horses a or something song. like that, you know, something that everyone can sing along to. Um, they have to be alive, so rules in excess out, no Michael Hutchins, I don't care who the new bloke is, they, they don't count. And so they've got to have, generally you probably play three songs at the grand final max, so you've got to have three really good songs um, to go with. So. All five of these playing. <laughs> What's that, mate? Is this like your ultimate set list? Like these five will bang out three songs. So you'll have 15 songs as your pre-game? Well, I'm just saying they have to have three because I think you generally you might have one band do one song, but I think normally there's one yeah. major band that might, might normally roll through like three songs or four songs in a medley. So. so your criteria is they actually have to have three decent songs that people know, basically. Well, three, yeah, that everyone knows. That's right. So, yeah. um, so Rob Mills isn't getting a Guernsey, is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, poor old Robbie. <laughs> He's all right. <laughs> um, no Guy Sebastian, Mitchie. I know you're a bit of a Guy Sebastian fan. Guy well, Sebastian, so, the yeah. angels brought me here, baby. Oh, well, I didn't know if what you about, were or not, but <laughs> that just confirmed it. What about me? It isn't fair. Oh, nosy. I've he, had enough. He would be good, but I've gone bands, not singers as well. So, okay. But otherwise, nosy yeah. would, be, would have been a ripper. Anyway, uh, so I haven't actually put these in order yet, so I'm going to do that as we go. Um, so number five, I've gone with. Hang on, no, I have put them in. Number five, I'm going to go with Midnight Oil. Peter Garrett. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some Aussie classics, and you'll find a lot of these are pretty old school, you know, tunes. There's not much uh, new stuff there because I don't get into new music. But yeah, Midnight Oil, Peter Garrett, uh, cracking some beds of burning, power and the passion. I think the uh, the crowd really loved that. So then number five, number four, I've gone Hunters and Collectors Boys. Now, yeah. I saw them live last year at the uh, Sounds by the River. They weren't that great there, but can you imagine potentially, let's say it's back at the MCG, you've got 100,000 people singing Holy Grail together or Throw Your Arms Around Me. Um, some of the great old classics. Uh, for Hunters and Collectors, do you see what I see? Yeah. yeah. So that was the old footy song back in Channel 7 when they cut away to the, uh, to the scores. If you don't, Sandy Roberts, if you don't want to know the scores, look away now. Right. On Barassi. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> Number three, a little bit more contemporary, uh, but still a bit old school. Living End. Um, yes. I, yeah, Good I think they, they get the place cranking. Um, oh, fuck yeah. 
bit of prisoner of society, second solution, uh, yeah. white noise. Yeah, once I've seen them live a number of times, and they're just a high energy band, and everyone knows knows their songs, so can't go wrong yeah, there. Freaking love that. Good choice. Number two, Chisel. Love Chisel. Bit of Jimmy, bit oh. of Mossy. Um, just quintessential Australian eighties pub band, aren't they? So well, we're uh, talking KCN, working class man. Yeah, Flame Trees. There's just one. Oh, well, no, sorry, working class man. That was Jimmy Solo, wasn't it? Working class was Jimmy Solo. Yeah, yeah. But there's plenty of songs there for for Chisel. Um, that I mean, they they had they probably got about ten or fifteen songs that we could go through there. Uh, and number one. Now I'm not a huge fan of these guys individually. Like I, but I just can imagine what it would be like a hundred thousand people. You haven't chosen One Direction, have you? Not right. Australian. You, you've got me. You got me. No. <laughs> ACDC. I know they're com- coming out with a new yeah. album, I think. Like 100,000 people cranking you know, Hell's Bells or You Shook Me All Night Long or um, Long Way to the Top. It would be, or Thunderstruck. It would be absolutely massive at the. At the Have they ever done it before ACDC? I don't I'm not think they've so. done the grand final. No. Um, did you, have you seen them before live? I saw them in 2010 at Adelaide Oval. My mum saw them a couple of times. She she said they're amazing. She always used to rave about yeah. them. But um, yeah, I've heard they're they're pretty amazing live. Just high energy. Angus Young's just oh, a yeah. beast. I'd like to same birthday as me, by the way. Angus Young. Angus Young. There you go. It's about seventy years earlier. Bit of trivia. Very nice. Um, I'll put it in the red cap skin category. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any thoughts expensive. on those boys? Is there uh, any others that? Yeah, I, I just be don't, in there? like if you're getting. Yeah, if you're getting all those bands, they're all similar. So they're all, apart from Living End, they're all a little bit old school and they're all old school rock. Like, don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Um, that's, you know, I, I think that'd be good, but I'd like to see a little, like, Hilltop Hoods maybe. That's what I was about to say. I did, I did uh, consider Hilltop Hoods. Uh, Powderfinger, probably a little bit different. They've obviously been mentioned for this one. I think everyone's yeah. got plenty of Powderfinger songs. I nearly yeah. went Powderfinger, but they're a bit, I don't know, a bit slower. I was thinking like these Jet days. Jet have done it before, I reckon. Have they? Yeah. I reckon Jet have done it before. Jet's done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe just a little bit of variety. I like their Silver Chair. Good ones. Silver Chair, yeah. Very good. What about Five Sauce? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Were, are they, were they like a um, like a reality one put together? or? Oh, I think they were something like that. And now... I oh, don't say oh, I think so. You know exactly who they were. No, they were my uh, my era growing up in in high school. But now they have like a real um, like American accent. But they've only been there for like two years. It's his weird setup. But I, I, still, I still don't know who you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Paul Kelly. Do you count him as a band? Well, he did have Fuck a band. It. Was it Paul Kelly and the uh, something? Not sure. <laughs> Heartbreakers or something. I don't know. That's no, Tom Petty. <laughs> Silver chair. Yeah, I did consider silver chair. Yep. So they're, they're right up there. Crowded house. I didn't consider because Finn Brothers are Kiwis. I reckon uh, midnight oil needs to be a little bit higher. You like the oil? Belly black snake sleeping on a red rock. I don't know what the fucking song, <laughs> what it's called. I'm just like Kempy here when I'm talking. I don't know what I'm saying. But oh, I enjoyed that. Oh, the rendition that's there. fine. I like the I like the uh, the ambience of the song. The ambience. All right. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right in context, but anyway, I've had enough. Let's move into last drinks. <laughs> Okay, so last drinks um, this week is from the Vale Brewing Company. So Vale Brewing, which is uh, in McLaren Vale, so the Fleury Peninsula. Um, and I'm tasting a little bit of Tropica, which is a pale ale. It's quite nice, actually. I think um, I just tend to lean to these type of beers because I quite like them. I was on the mismatches um, last week, their session now. It's been one of um, done before, but this one here is quite nice as well. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to give it, uh, it's in a yellow can, so we're going to give it, uh, um, I'm thinking three out of five. Um, it's not the best one I've had, it's not the worst one I've had. Um, three out of five uh, yellow beards um, for the tropical ale. Um, yeah, it's quite nice, really. Um, they do quite a, and they do a few good beers. Um, 
the Vale Brewing Company. So I've had the um, the Vale Ale, the one that comes with the black label. And yeah, they're, they're pretty nice. They do an IPA and a red label, and they do another one in a blue label, uh, which is lager, I think. Um, but they're all pretty nice beers. They're a little bit pricey, like they're a boutique type beer, but they're all really nice. So, um, but yeah, I just tend to lean to these. So I probably have to change it up a little bit next week and it's a good stand. stout. Is it a good stout? No, 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 need a good stout. I reckon in the, next, in the next couple do of weeks. Do we do a good stout next week? Let's not get into stout weather though. But. Why don't you do a dark mm. ale like little creatures? Right <laughs> <up here>? uh, <laughs> <laughs> you talk. Oh my God. <laughs> Have you finally come around? No, fuck no. It's a dark ale, my friend. It's nowhere near a dark ale. It's not a dark ale. Why don't you... Uh, it's amber ale you... at best. But I asked our um, listeners um, for some suggestions. So I might delve back into that post. I think there was a uh, um, one from uh, a place in Uradal there, Nico Harness um, put us on to, and, a, and another stout one, which was like 12%. Um, so maybe I might try and get my lips around that. You need yeah, to get stuck um, into an India red ale from Prancing Pony. No, they're yeah, potent. okay. Yeah, their orange was delightful. I think that was my first five out of five. Um, 12.5%, I think, the yeah. India red ale. Yeah. You have two pints of those. and Yeah, I've done one of theirs, so um, I'll try and probably do a different company unless they want to send us some free shit. Then. What, about, uh, what about a red tin or a, or a hand grenade? What about a West End of do you, do you want me just to do like one of the just the old faithfuls? Yeah. <laughs> what about a super dry three point five? Shout out to Craig Oliphant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll tell you one beer I'm liking at the moment is a Heineken three. So like the Heineken mid strength, they just go down like water, and obviously having a mid strength quite nice for the um, drinking and um, not driving, but drinking and staying <laughs> under the limit. Um, <laughs> Remember, drink responsibly. Don't get behind the wheel. Um, yeah, so I could do one ear um, standos next week if you like. Yeah. Any, suge- any suggestions? What about like a, have you ever had ton? Count and dry. Ton beer? Ah, oh, ton. It's the worst uh, beer I've had ton. Ever. I've had ton mid. Do you want me just to get something random like that? Something rank. Yeah. Give it a one star. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll just line up ton then. That's a definite yeah. one star. I'll get a couple of mates to drink that and swear by it. I, I couldn't put it near my lips. The problem is I've got to pay for this. So I don't want to pay for something I want to actually drink. Well, maybe I'll just buy one can of it. Yeah. All right. All right. If you've got any suggestions out there for like the worst beer you've ever tasted, maybe send them through. Yeah. Can't be shit reviews. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. I think that just about wraps things up. I'll just mention a few things before we close off. Uh, our Instagram, make sure you get around us. We're up to 1,200 followers on Instagram now, so make sure you keep that momentum going. And if you are Fuck, we're popular. a listener, <laughs> if, you are, if you are a listener, make sure you get on to, to your mates, get them to, to follow us on Instagram um, and on Facebook. Give us a like. Make sure you give us some good feedback as well or some shit feedback. We always love to hear that. Um, and also, we've still got our hats up on Bezos underscore co. Um, their website. So make sure you hit those up. Look out for our socials for some more plugs for some some long sleevers coming out soon. And also, uh, we're going to be doing a bonus episode with our listeners coming up. So we've already shared a, a post on our socials. This podcast will be released on a Wednesday. So you've still got time to to drop a comment on something you want to talk to us about um, and we'll get you on. We'll have a chat about it, um, whether it's getting stuck into us or talking some sport or whatever it is. Um, picking your favourite band for the grand final, whatever it is, just um, comment on our Instagram or Facebook post and we'll go from there. That's good. And grand final, app next week. Yep. Do we think? yep. Yeah, so we're going to do a bonus grand final preview as well. So stay tuned for that. Um, hopefully Brisbane aren't in it. Um, so we get some, you know, some balanced views and some not skewed shit about Brisbane having, um, having it just as hard as everyone else. But no, Thanks. stay tuned. Come on. No worries. I just want to um, quick shout out to a, um, a charity, Catherine House, and they've got a um, silent online auction going at the moment. It's got heaps of stuff on there. It's got a bit of sporting memorabilia. It's got beer stuff. It's got hampers. It's got paintings, whatever you want. Um, and you, all you need to do is go to um, the website, which is app, com forward 
slash Catherine House, which is C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E. -E. Um, and you can bid on some stuff. I've bid on a, um, I won't tell you what I bid on in case you bloody blokes go on out bid me, but I've bid on something pretty cool there, I reckon, if I can get it. So if you're looking for that present that um, no one else will have, go on there and, and bid for something. Uh, excellent. Any last, any last thoughts, gents? I'm just hoping the footy this weekend because I've got a weekend at home and I'm going to watch them. So, yeah, just want uh, a, a not Richmond Geelong grand final. Up the yeah. lines. Fantastic. All right, make sure you get around us. As I said, leave us a, a five star iTunes review if you can um, and give us your feedback on there and rate us. That'll be fantastic. Now, remember, be a legend, win flags, and grow a beard. You've been listening to The Bearded Triplets. Make sure you find the team on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Bearded Triplets. Don't forget to like, subscribe and review the show on any platform you stream for your podcast. Thank you very much for listening on behalf of Mitch, Kempe and Dillo. We'll see you next time.